0: The A-List is sponsored by AdHouse Advertising School, where you get 10 weeks of live Zoom classes with a working ad pro. Ad nerds from all over the world have discovered AdHouse as the affordable alternative to, or precursor to, traditional ad schools. AdHouse classes max out at 14 students, so you get personalized instruction, and your classmates can become lifelong colleagues in your advertising career. The instructors at AdHouse are all A-List creators from top agencies and brands. Some have even been guests on the A-List podcast. Who knows? You might just meet your future boss. And AdHouse classes happen on Zoom at night because you shouldn't have to quit your day job or move cities to take an ad class. Class schedule, prices, application information, and more can be found at adhousenyc.com. Apply today. That's adhousenyc.com. AdHouse Advertising School for ad nerds only. Welcome, ad nerds. This is the A-List podcast, the podcast that asks the world's top advertising professionals how they got started in the business. I'm your host, Tom Chrisman. I'm a freelance creative at TomChrisman.net, and I'm also one of the head ad nerds at Ad House Advertising School. I have a really great conversation for you today. Today, you'll hear my conversation with Jeff Benjamin, Chief Creative Officer at Tombras. Tombras is one of the top independent agencies in North America. They're headquartered in Knoxville, Tennessee, but they have offices in New York, Atlanta, Charlotte, and D.C. According to their website, all their offices are united by one philosophy, connecting data and creativity for business results. Jeff Benjamin has been at the forefront of digital creative innovation at agencies like Goodby, Crispin Porter Bogusky, JWT, and Barton F. Graff. Uh, He continues that at Tombras with the Moon Pie Moonmate, a virtual roommate that ran on Alexa and Google Home that kept people company while quarantining alone and paid you rent in the form of Moon Pies. That sounds really good. Uh, Jeff and I talk about Morden Moon Pies. Uh, We talk about how he found advertising at a computer lab in college, his start at the first digital agency in Connecticut, the very first digital agency, Uh, how to be a digital guy in the traditional world. Uh, And it's a a fascinating conversation, Um, long conversation, so I didn't want to cut a word. So uh, without further ado, here is my conversation with Jeff Benjamin. Oh, now, yes hear me yeah yeah now i can hear you
1: oh my god (laughs) i listened to some of these podcasts right yeah i listened to rob's rob riley long time
0: ago that was the very first one
1: which is great it was the first one it was great fantastic interview but i'm listening to this thing and i'm thinking (laughs) rob you're pretty successful they're probably paying you a decent amount it sounds like you're talking into the speakerphone of that yeah. fax machine you had in the '80s. Uh, I
0: think he was. I think I think he was talking on his phone, and I was. We didn't know uh, that we were gonna. We were, people were gonna be listening. We were, right. just, you know.
1: It's got, it's got like nine thousand views.
0: Yeah, that's the top one. It's uh It's a. It's a classic.
1: But that must be awesome for you. You know what I mean? Like. Mm. I, I've sort of discovered over the years what I really connect with for advertising
2: mm-hmm.
1: is my ability to like connect and matter to people. Yeah, and that in some ways is like a score of that for you.
2: Yeah, like it's like nine thousand
1: uh, that you you inspired nine thousand people.
0: Yeah, no, it's uh, I get <clears throat> I get emails and calls and LinkedIn requests from people all over the world now, which is kind of cool. And I we don't do any advertising for it. And we don't, you know, we don't sponsor anything. We don't pay anything. We don't uh we just kinda we just kinda put it out there. But it started as a uh as a way to help Lauren Slaff, who was running ad house, you know. Yeah. And uh I wanted to I wanted to get her more listeners, more more viewers, more people in her thing. So it was like, let's talk to people in the industry and sort of it was sort of a mimic of of what we do in the classes, which is get people like yourself uh, mm. to uh, teach classes, and you know, so it's it's cool, and it also inspires. I want to inspire young people to get into this business because I think it's the best.
1: Yeah, yeah, and you you do it from like an origin story.
0: That's my whole thing. Yeah, is,
1: that's my favorite question to ask these days in interviews. Yeah, you know, how do you get into this? And I think yeah. you can tell yeah. so much about someone uh, from how they answer that question.
0: Yeah. So why don't you answer that question? How did you, uh, where'd you start, Jeff Benjamin?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, I, so I've, I, for were a Were you long 3D time printed? I,
0: I think you were 3D printed
1: I was 3D somewhere. printed. Uh, this is Jeff Benjamin 9000, the latest version. Uh, I, I thought it was one story for the longest time that I, I just sort of randomly ended up in advertising. Yeah. Know, didn't really go to school for it. Uh, and you then, wanted to be a
0: lawyer or something, right? Didn't If you? I could do
1: anything, I'd be an actor, but just in the lawyer movies. Right. You know, like That's what I liked about law, like what I saw on TV, the practice, you know, yeah. seeing, being in front of people, you know, up there, witty, creative. Yeah. You know, out thinking, outwitting, uh, actually has absolutely nothing to do with law, actual law. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I just wanted to do what I saw on television. Right. The Um,
0: argument part, the, uh, the sort of winning, you know, the, the, the battle of wits. Yeah. Now,
1: strangely enough, Tom, it has more to do with advertising than it does actual law. Yeah. And so like, I, I sort of found the perfect place for what I, you know, my ambition of being a TV trial lawyer. Um, (laughs) And, and, you know, I think a lot of that was, you know, came from, in college I debated. Okay. I was a total debate nerd. Yeah. Um, and I loved it. Uh, How does
0: one become a debate nerd? What, what did you, what, what, uh, at what point did you go, hey, I like this? Did you do it in high school?
1: I did a little bit in high school. I wasn't very good, but I was passionate. And then I think I got better the more comfortable I got in college. And, uh, it was, it, you know, the, the one I did was it, you have a partner. So it's you and your partner. So you've got mm-hmm. it's like a team sport all of a sudden. And then, uh, it's like half improv and entertainment and half you've got to make serious points. And, and that to me is advertising, right? You know, you've got to have substance, but you've got to do it in the form of something that's going to connect or entertain or, or, or really matter to someone. Yeah. So it's not just what you're saying, but it's how you're saying it. And so it was great training for that. So I always thought that was how I ended up, Um, you know, that was a thing that sort of woke me up. And then, you know, I'm in college. I'm like, what am I going to do with this poli sci econ degree? Uh, one summer I stayed up to do research for a professor who was writing a book in international relations. Uh, So I did that, but she wasn't paying me enough to justify staying on campus. So I got a job at the auditorium. It's called Jorgensen auditorium. And, uh, they brought, what what school are
0: we, what school are we at?
1: University of Connecticut. Okay. And so they would bring in these, these acts, like, you know, modern dance groups, Chubby Checker, um, you know, etc. And so uh, I would write the press releases for these different things that would come in that summer. I was a pretty good writer. So then once, one day, the the designer was out, she was sick, and they had to have an ad in the paper. And, uh, you know, the, the people there knew I was good with computers. So they were like, Jeff, can you take a shot at this? We need to get this ad in. I was like, okay, I did it. And I did it. And it was like, whoa, oh my God, I did this. And it was fun. So fun. Last time I had done anything even remotely creative up till that point was like eighth grade. I was like, I couldn't believe I did this. And it was pretty good. Yeah. Um, And and so they kept giving me more of those kinds of ads Mm -hmm. that summer. And so at the end of that summer, I was like, I'd rather be doing this all day than pushing settlements and divorces, which is what I would have ended up doing had I gone into law. Right. And, so, and you were,
0: what, what year were you in college at that point?
1: I'm a, it's the summer of my sophomore year.
0: So you're, you're deep in, you're like, yeah, you're yeah. committed to this law thing. Your parents are, were your parents like, you got to be a lawyer. Was, yeah, is
1: that the kind of, is that how you grew up? Yeah. Uh, well, they wanted me to be a scientist. There are a lot of photos of me in lab coats.
2: Hmm. Where, so where
1: did, did you grow up? What, what part of the stuff.
0: country did you grow up in?
1: uh so i've lived all over so i was born in kansas and then when i was three moved to the west coast uh grew up a little bit in sunnyvale then in fifth grade moved to ohio
0: oh wow um, so a lot of moving um, around in and- middle
1: school in ohio mm-hmm. and then went back to san jose till the middle of high school then moved to connecticut uh wow. where i finished high school at two different high schools um what,
0: what what's all the uprooting is it was it divorced parents What in, what is it
1: yeah we're in the secret service now okay um my dad was in the pharmaceutical industry and uh we would just change he would change jobs. okay all right And you know, it, it sounds crazy like i say it out loud yeah i don't know if you know i i feel like i've worked at that many different places and i don't think i've worked at that many places
0: right Yeah. But Um, most people don't move that much. I guess your dad was like, okay with like
1: going for it.
0: He's the kind of guy who's okay with just rolling the dice and like moving, moving his whole life.
1: Yeah. You know, I never thought about it that way. Yeah. And I think that's maybe where I get that, you know, that sort of need for like bold experiments. Yeah. You know,
0: yeah, you. That's your. That's your normal. That's your sort of like. Oh, that's how life is. Yeah, I, I, I know.
1: I'm on. I know I'm on track to be a lawyer. But fuck it. Let's go do this advertising thing.
0: Yeah, let's move yeah. to Knoxville. Is it, yeah. that's, that's where you are now, now, right?
1: To Knoxville. Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that this was all very, very random, right? Yeah. Then I'm at JWT and we do a can sort of one of those presentation things. Yep. Uh, and, and the topic we did was what we can learn about crea- protecting creativity from our parents. And so my, I, I brought my parents on stage. And so my mom brings with her this like scrapbook of things. And we go through it. And this is incredible because you go through this thing. And it's almost like, since I was born, I was meant to be doing this. And so she's got things like in second grade, apparently I organized a paper airplane competition, you know, that's an activation. Yeah. You know, uh, seventh grade design the logo for our, our you know, seventh grade class. Yeah. You know, fifth grade create the poster for the art fair. You know, like over and over again, there are yeah, these it, examples that. The universe are, that was that trying was like to tell modern you. Modern advertising.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You were doing it already and, and you just didn't know it was a job
1: didn't know it was a job didn't that is not know I was doing it
0: yeah I think that's most of people these days don't know that advertising exists until and I think one of the reasons we have our diversity problem is like it's sort of like you have to have that you have to be in a place where you can go to four years of college and then not want to do what you're thinking about doing and what you told everybody you were going to do and then kind of go back for two more years of school. And then it's just so like, you have to have so much, you know, money to sort of like, and, and comfort to find that. If we could get to that kid who, who did that, uh, that uh, paper airplane competition and say, Hey, this is really cool. This is what we call this an activation. And, you know, you, you know, you, you got a bunch of people to do something that is, so powerful um, yeah, yeah that's cool and I'm and so when a, you saw that from your mom were you like wow you know, like you didn't yeah. remember any of it
1: it was almost like my whole life started to make sense <laughs> now the only thing i need to explain is this high pitched voice but <laughs> <laughs> um, it was it was it was one of those like it was a cool moment it was a cool moment and i you know the the premise of that whole talk of parents protecting our creativity those are the ones who gave us time to go you know, made sure we went out and played you know yeah. let us have that imaginary friend yeah you know, th- these are peaks of creativity uh i think i think you know when i looked at all of that i was like oh my god like you're like holy shit like i, I was meant to do this uh your parents were helping me on that path for that yeah um it was pretty cool. And when you said to your
0: parents, uh, I don't want to do this law thing anymore. Like, at what point did you do that? Was it slow? Like from the, from the writing of the ad uh, for the cafe, uh, what happened there? Like, how did you get to, I'm not going to do this law
2: thing?
1: It it didn't go well. (laughs) You know, as much as I want to say I dropped out of college, I'm not quite sure I would have been invited back (laughs) the next semester because, you know, what ended up happening was I just stopped going to class. I stopped going to class and instead I went to the computer lab. And I started just, you know, working on the Jorgensen type, you know, projects that I was getting. I started working on my website, you know uh, you know, and I went through the phases, like, you know, as, as a web designer, first, I was just sort of coding things. Then I was, and I'm stealing graphics from places, right? Yeah. Then I'm, I need my own graphics. So you learn Photoshop. Then you're like, okay, I know Photoshop, but this thing looks like shit. Yeah. <laughs> How do I design? Right. Yeah. Right. And so then I'm like asking other students, you know, for advice and stuff. And I remember, um, so you were really
0: bad and you were okay with that. You were sort of like, you figured out that you, you didn't know what you were doing yet in terms of But
1: design,
2: but
0: you were into it enough that you were like, I, how, did you, how do you get past that like initial like, shit, I suck at this. Like, wh- what am I even trying to do? Why am I trying to do this thing that like, how do you get past I, that? I don't
1: think I ever knew how bad I was. Okay. It's only now that I can That's look helpful. back on it. <laughs> I was pretty delusional. Yeah, Um. you know, I, I think all of the people you've had on from Crispin will talk about delusional positivity. Yeah, as uh, one of the like secret sauce type things in that place. I think I had it.
0: Yeah. You know, well, t- tell me about life. that delusional positivity. What is that? What is that a thing that 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 Alex would would talk about?
1: I don't know who would talk about it, but we would talk a lot about it. And it's something we carry to everywhere we've gone. Right, right. You know, That place is a little bit of an export import type place now. Yeah. of of values and principles and and work ethic. And Uh we were all just so positive. You know, I think I was always positive and you're not even trying. Right. You know, you come back from a presentation, we were certain it was great. You know, we go into a presentation with work. We had had already won that pitch in our minds.
2: Right, yeah. You know? Right.
1: Um, And strangely enough, I would find out, you know, years later that, you know, that account people were coached at Crispin not to let the creatives know how dire things were. Yeah. You know, it's an idea. I remember years later, I was having a drink with a Burger King client and it was, JW, it was after JWT. And I was like, man, I just had no idea the account people at Crispin just did so much. He was like, Jeff, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying right now, but you don't know. You don't know. He's like, you think that you just like rolled up, presented that Whopper sacrifice thing and we just bought it. We kill that thing, we kill that thing like 11 times over, 11 times over. And you had a woman, Marcy, in your Miami office who just kept bringing it back. And she, you know, they would listen, but they kept bringing it back, kept bringing it back. And after the 11th time, we were like, you know what? These guys really believe in this idea. Let's just do it. And they reluctantly did it, not knowing it would be important for them that year. Yeah. And I had no idea.
2: Yeah.
0: So Marcy, what's Marcy's last name?
1: Miller, I think.
0: Marcy Miller. Uh, thanks, Marcy. Yeah. Good job.
1: Uh, they did so much. And, um, you know, Rob would talk about Laura. You know, she was the same way. You know, yeah. Phenomenal account person. I think that place we look to the creatives is why, you know, the creatives, uh, Alex, why that place was so great. And and the account, people. everyone there had so much to do with it, but the account people, especially. Yeah you know, um, Steinauer and, and that whole team of account people, they would pre-sell, post-sell, uh, you know, it wouldn't take no for an answer, uh, but, but they did it in a charming way. Um, you'd go on a presentation and, and they'd be with you, you know, in, in, in pitching this idea, yeah, uh, convincing a client why it's right.
0: That's
2: cool. Um,
1: and, you know, I think account people, you know, we've all been in places where we're like, Oh my God, this person, it's just, it's almost like they're the client. Right. And it can kind yes. of suck. But what's interesting is when they operate like they're the client, they are in the best situation to know exactly what the client is thinking. Yeah. And so they can help us figure out how to sell this idea if it's the right idea and we really believe in it.
0: Right. Right. Um, so becoming, becoming friends with the client almost. So what, what, uh, what do you? Where do you go from? Uh, you're sitting in the uh, the graphic design lab at UConn, making weird websites. Is this is yeah. this at the point where people are like, "What's a website? Why are you yeah, doing that?" It's not that? even
1: a website. It's a homepage.
0: Right. It's like a. a <laughs> why would I want to click words to go to other pages yeah. of words? Yeah. I remember thinking yeah. that, just being like, "This is stupid." Yeah. Clicking I was, through. I was
1: into it. Uh, you know and I didn't know anything about advertising, which is the why I think I was approaching it that way. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Um, And we like, we're at like 96, 97 now, right? Yeah. And things are booming. Yeah. And and, uh, places are hiring people just based on a pulse. Yeah. And so I'm at that moment thinking, okay, do I get a graphic design degree and I'm gonna have to spend four more years here in college. Yeah. Or do I just say, screw it. Like if I go this interactive route, you know, my teachers only have like a year on me. (laughs) Right. Um, Because this, this business has only existed for a year. Yeah. You know, the the whole interactive side of the, uh, 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 of the space. And so I'm like, let's just roll the dice and and see what's out there. And so strangely enough, I'm in, I'm in Connecticut, right? Yeah. Top interactive agency in the world at that moment is in Connecticut.
0: What, what is it?
1: It's like 45 minutes from the house. Yeah. Oh, Modemedia. They, the ba- they invented the banner. Uh, top interactive agency in the world. Unfortunate name.
0: <laughs> Modo, Modo? Modem. Modem.
1: You know, like the okay. like modem. Yeah. yeah. Like the thing that makes the internet work.
0: Yeah.
1: And so, you used yeah, to make like,
0: that noise, kids. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so, um, you know, I go there to interview. I think the interview has gone phenomenal. And, you know, and I've got my like, you know, my, like that, that big fucking thing uh, that we had. <laughs> the,
0: the, the portfolio. Yeah. yeah.
1: The portfolio. So you had
0: websites that you had created and you printed them out and you're showing yeah, them to which them.
1: Which is the irony, right? You're printing out. <laughs> yeah. You're printing out. I've got, I've got table tents from Dorganton Auditorium. I've got <laughs> postcards. How
0: did you know to do all that? Did you, what? had you like looked at, how did you know to put that portfolio together? How did you figure that out?
1: Um, so the designer helped me from Jorgensen, who was out that day. So Mm -hmm. he ended up being my first sort of mentor. Okay. Uh, And I was just a sponge, you know, trying to, you know, take up everything she knew. And then, uh, also that summer I was randomly walking into that computer lab and a visiting professor from Cranbrook was moving into her space, into her office and and uh i was like hey do you need help like bringing some stuff in and, and she was like yeah and so i helped her you know half that day moving her stuff in and then i told her my story and she was like oh you just come in and sit on some of my classes and so i learned typography and stuff from her so i was oh, wow. i was pretty like you know macgyvering my way into learning things that uh, in, in more unconventional ways i went to the bookstore i was like okay what are the the books that these graphic design students are are, are looking at about those yeah you know, and so on. it's like I'm fucking teaching myself karate through books, yeah and so um anyways, I interview at modem, I think it's gone well. Years later, I find out it did not go well <laughs> and and so nobody wanted to hire me, and why didn't it go
0: of, well what 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 did you think happened and what what really happened
1: i like, I, I I thought the work was you know pretty good. Unconventional education, yeah, but super passionate, uh, charming enough, great conversation, and I knew I had ideas. You know, I like I didn't understand that I was maybe not making any sense, <laughs> which still could be the case. Okay, but but uh, you know that in my mind I've like nailed it, right? Yeah, and uh, now in I would years later I would come to find out. So I interviewed with a bunch of creative directors there. None of them wanted to hire me. This guy, Lino Rabolo. Lino Robolo, he was a creative director there at the time. And his wife, Aria, was a senior art director. You know, so they were managing one team. They're having a chicken dinner that night. And they're like, so what about that kid who came in today? Nobody wants to hire him, but there's something about him. You know, I I think we should take a chance. And so they take a chance on me. Huh, uh, and and hire me, and I don't think I would have hired myself. <laughs> Looking back on that portfolio, right? Um, but they but they gave me a shot, and um, I you know I ended up going there
0: because because of your enthusiasm because you're like they just
1: I, I think enthusiasm you know may, I, I, I don't remember exactly what the interview was like but I'm sure I was talking a lot of dreaming I was dreaming right about what things could be yeah um, and 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 you know probably even then I had a point of view on what well why I wanted to get into this business and what I thought I could bring to it yeah um, and you know I think that something I love is when people have not thought about their entire lives working in advertising because they bring a little bit of that naive genius mm-hmm. to the whole thing you mm-hmm. know the wisdom of the unknown uh, and I, I i suspect that i probably brought a lot of that to that that conversation probably too much yeah um you know yeah, probably the other creative directors are like dude i just need someone who can optimize banners
2: yeah
1: <laughs> you know yeah. uh and and me you know or or how to design or like you know how to let, you know kern like i don't right. know any of these things yeah. And so, you know, but I, but I've, you know, I'm not jaded. Right. I've, I know some other things that nobody else probably knows. And so, yeah, like I mean, he gave he gave me my first shot. I look back on it now, and I think our industry needs more of that. You know, I, I, that that, yeah. that that part of solving some of these diversity problems is taking a shot, taking a chance on people who've got more unconventional backgrounds, really thinking about, well, what, what's this person's potential? Yeah. You know, is this person open enough? Can I put a demand on that potential? What is it? Uh, because if I think about it that way, I might be tapping into people who, who, who aren't from like, you know, and I, I think the the ad schools are great. I think VCU is amazing, Mm -hmm. put out really great people, but, but, um, there's some great talent out there who, who don't go that path.
0: Right. Uh, What, so what, when you got that gig and they said, okay, let's take a chance on this guy, you took the job, you're working there. Yeah. What was that? What is that first, you know, for, for people out there that maybe are looking at getting into their first gig, like what, what can you tell them about like how to do it? How did you do it? Right. How did you do it wrong? What?
1: Well, I think the first thing that really helped me was I didn't really have a portfolio. (laughs) (laughs) I I knew at that point that it wasn't, I thought it was good enough, but I knew it wasn't great. Right. And so what that meant was I was going into this job with the attitude that literally everything I do has to be good enough to be a piece in that portfolio because there is no portfolio. Right. (laughs) You know? Yeah. And so uh, from a work ethic perspective, you know, that's the way I was approaching everything.
0: So you were just doing like all-nighters, like just like yeah. thinking about it constantly. and
1: Yeah. Um, and, and knowing that like there were, there, there couldn't be any wasted moments here. Yeah. Um, I had to be really efficient about it all. Um,
0: did you have a plan to leapfrog to like, do, did you have your eye no, on, on it, bigger like agencies? Okay.
1: No, I, I liked, I, yeah, I, yeah, I was not, I, yeah, I was very nice. I was ready to get a Moto Media tattoo. Right. <laughs> you know, I was a super fan. I loved the place. Yeah. Um, I did not like the suburbs, which is why I ended up, you know, leaving. But, uh, I think that attitude really helped me. I think, uh, not knowing any better really helped me. Yeah, I sort of yeah. experimented with the way I was approaching assignments and stuff. You know, um, I remember... I had some assignment that like, and by the way, like a lot of the work wasn't designed at first. It's like, Hey, make yeah. this banner like a smaller file size. Yeah. You know, or like, here's the concept, you know, yeah. just, you know, like I'm a production artist basically at first.
0: Right. It's 5k. Um, it needs to be 3k.
1: Yeah. This is like, it's silly work. Um, but you know, strangely enough, I think I probably learned a lot. You know, I think I learned, to push past barriers, you know, in a strange way. Um, the, but the other thing that was, was fascinating was, um, I remember going, to, at one point, at some point I did start designing things and coming up with concepts and stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I remember going to the library. So the library was a thing back then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm in the library and I'd worked on this Intel banner campaign And there's this mom and her son that are at the computer, and and my banner pops up, and the kids like laughing about it. The mom's like, you know, like they're having a moment around this banner of mine, and I'm like seeing it, right? Wow! I'm like, all of a sudden you matter, right? Yeah. And to me, that's what interactive meant. It it sort of it sort of. It, it crystallized, it, 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 it really formed this philosophy that interactive wasn't just um, digital. It wasn't a place, mm-hmm. it wasn't a type of work. It was about uh, connecting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like literally interacting,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know, making people participants uh, with the work. And I think that that was it, like really early in my career, I got to have that moment and understand why it was so important. Uh, for the work I was doing. And it's something I strive for in anything I do now. Yeah. Or or anytime I'm coaching someone, you know, I'm thinking about how can this thing be more uh, interactive? How can you pull people into this a little bit? Yeah. Great radio spots.
2: Yes. That, they're like
1: interact. They're like, they're, they, they, they make you interactive in it.
0: Yeah, you have to be with a radio um, that's why spot. They're great. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, that's
1: great. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that was uh, such a great uh, opportunity. A lot of people back then probably didn't know who was looking at their banners and what so to, to randomly yeah, have yeah. that that moment
1: i was always experimenting you know i remember i got an assignment once and i think they gave me a week to do it and i there's was some was there's some program called fireworks or something like that mm-hmm. that like sort of batch process stuff mm-hmm. and i'm just like tinkering with things and i figure out how to do this thing that they've given me a week to do in like two hours because <laughs> <laughs> like, like the thing just did it for me right and so like i was and and I I could probably lean a little bit into the science background too. Right. You know, uh, you know, growing up, doing the science fair, dad's a scientist, you know, doing pharmaceutical R&D. Yeah. Um, You know, always experimenting, tinkering. There's a little bit of mischief in all of that as well. And so. um, Yeah. yeah. Engineers.
0: There's something creative about, about that, uh, about playing with something that has been built that, They haven't quite figured out yet.
1: Yeah, that's what the
0: internet was—why the internet was exciting. Yeah, uh, at that point and still is probably.
1: Yeah, I was always volunteering for stuff. You know, wanting to be a part of pitches. Mm -hmm. Everybody sort of loves that pitch. Why? You know, to me, since the beginning of time, it's that A team moment, right? It's the closest you will ever be to feeling like you're on that show, the A team. Yeah. When these, you know, these commandos you know, uh, wanted by the law or, you know, somehow they find themselves trapped in a garage with <laughs> a toothpick and they've got to turn that thing into a tank. Yeah. And that only happens when, you know, all of a sudden they put away their roles and they come together as a team and they're lifting pe- each other up at levels mm-hmm. they couldn't operate at when they were individuals. Yeah. They all have superpowers, you know, that sort of blur together. Um, it's those 18 moments that I really, really loved.
2: Yeah.
0: And you had that at you had that at modem modem media. Yeah, yeah. And how long were you there?
1: I think I was there like four years, three and a half years, four years. That's I, a while. Yeah, I wasn't. I was in Connecticut for a while, then um, left for three months. Lived off stock options. Um, I, I was just done with. I, I knew I wanted to leave, but I didn't know what I wanted to do.
0: You were just like, I'm so, done with this
1: done with this
0: i'm moving to an island oh wait i'm
1: yeah, not financially responsible at all ever um so <laughs> now but what was still bizarre is i quit but then i ended up like I, I, you get lonely right and so then i ended up <laughs> going back into the office and meeting friends for lunch <laughs> And just, like, staying in the office. Yeah.
2: And then so like, I quit, you know
1: but I'm, I'm still in the office.
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to do the work and stuff, but, like, I'll have lunch with you
1: guys. Oh, I'm helping out. I don't know. I'm not I'm uh, know. Like yeah, oh, you're doing the work, too. Oh, that's like funny. That. <laughs> like now I'm not doing, like, the, the production art type stuff. I'm like, you know, like, now I can just... Uh, I have almost created the role of the lunchtime creative director. And so... <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you should do this or that or I'll try that like
0: yeah you know? have a thing
1: so yeah you know, after three months of that I run out of money and so like I've got to like I've got to get a job and um uh, you know what I just forgot about something I know what prompted this there came a point where I so I'm a graphic designer there yeah and they are they're promoting people and all these other graphic designers are be- on other teams right are becoming and this is a super important one actually i can 't yeah. believe I forgot this. I only you know my career two times, so the first time was he gave me my shot when nobody else did. The second time was this everyone 's being promoted to be an art director. I get promoted to be a senior graphic designer, <laughs> and i 'm like, what the fuck like i 'm like the best one of all of them right in my mind, right yeah they 're very good and they probably deserved it more than me uh but but uh you know i'm 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 like what what is going on yeah and so um i'm kind of upset with Lino, to be honest and his logic which i don't think resonated at the time but does now is he's like yeah you you could be an art director but you wouldn't be the best art director and in fact you might not even be a very good one right he was like i want you when i make you an art director to be the very best you know and how many times have we seen people who they want this promotion they want this promotion they get it they're not really ready for it yeah maybe you're never ready but they can't they can't operate they're kind of like the the runt you know of all the ACDs the creative directors or the art directors you know yeah, yeah and it becomes a formative moment for them and they never get past that yeah right they never become a front runner they're always the run uh yep. and and I owe on my career because he made sure that when I finally became an art director I was the very best yeah. you know I wasn't yeah. deficient in anything I could really do that job yeah um and and um God, we need more mentors and motivators like that out there.
0: Yeah. And to, um, to stop the, the, uh, this Im- impatience to just get to the next thing because yeah. like, you know,
1: yeah
0: the next thing, uh, e- even worse at the the level of like, well, I'm an art director, but I want to be an ACD. And you're like, do you really? Cause like, you know, it's worst
1: job. Worst maybe job. the worst job everything. in the world.
2: <laughs> exactly. You have no real
0: power. And, uh, yeah. And you, and everyone sort of resents you uh, being in between them and the creative director. And, uh, you know, you have to, that's a very delicate moment there. The AC so easy level. to become
1: lazy at that. Like, you know, your job's not to staple other people's work yeah. and bring it to me. Uh, yeah. You know, like, so, you know, I owe a lot for that. Now, that being said, I was not happy. Right. And I, at that point I start interviewing. Yeah. And I interview at Ogilvy. In New York. In New York. Yeah. And um, I'm still friends with you know, a lot of the people I interviewed with it because it's like a fantastic thing happens. So I go to the train station you know, with my big portfolio. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm waiting there for the train. I see the, I see the president for the agency I'm at, Moto Media. This guy, Bob Allen, at the train station, kind of in the distance. And I'm a little nervous, but I'm like, yeah, the guy doesn't even know who I am. And he's so far away, who cares? And so I get on the train, I go there, um, get off the train, walk over to Ogilvy, uh, this building, and I, I you know, sort of go through this revolving door, right?
0: Yeah, the it's the front. Worldwide Plaza building.
1: Yeah, Worldwide Plaza building. And I go yeah. through this revolving door. Now, I'm, I'm, For a second, for a half second, I'm in the building, in the revolving door. And I'm looking at Bob Allen, who's staring back at me. And I just continue to revolve out. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Bob Allen's in the lobby of Ogilvy State. Like, he's giving me this dirty look, right? Like, what is, what is going on, right? Yeah. And so, I, like, I book for a payphone. Back then, there's, you know, the yeah. payphones, right? You know, I'm, too, I'm not a drug dealer, and I'm not making <laughs> for a cell phone. And so, uh, you know, I call the the recruiter there and I'm like, you know, what's going on? Bob Allen's in the lobby. She's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is crazy. Just just come up, let's do this interview. We're ready, we're excited. And so, you know, like, I'm, I'm pensive, I'm nervous. I go back, you know, in there, I go through the volume door, he's not in the lobby. I go up to, I think it was like the sixth floor or something like that, which is where they're doing their creative and meet with a woman. She's like, great, you know, like, it's all cool. Don't worry about it. You know, just wait in the lobby here. Um, uh, the first person you're going to meet isn't in yet but when she comes in you know they'll come and get you so i'm waiting there and waiting there and then I, I look over to my my left i'm like oh my god it's bob allen <laughs> he's like over there in the hallway and you're sitting he's there with the portfolio. yeah he's, he's, he's having a conversation with someone but every now and then he's staring at me giving me that dirty look i'm like what the fuck and so i i was like i gotta get out of here so i i leave i i, I, I go to the stairwell Right. Um, and I, and I, and I I go up and I'm like, like, now I'm, I don't even know where I am. I'm like in a cafeteria or something. I'm like, what am I going to do here? If they come out, they're not going to be able to find me. So I go back down and, uh, you know, I'm like, I'm, I'm around a corner. And every time I peer over, sure enough, Bob Allen is there looking at me, giving me a dirty look. And, uh, I, you know, like maybe on the fifth one, you know, I do that peer over the corner the recruiters there and she's looking at me like you were, you're a nuts. And I'm like, no, it's Bob Allen. And she looks over and she's like, Oh my God, you're right. we got to get you out of here. So they hide me somewhere else. <laughs> so, you know, do the interview there. It's great. Get the job, decide not to take it because so I, I, you know, I do this whole interview.
2: Yeah.
1: And um, you know, I, I go, to <laughs> at the end of the day, I go to the payphone to check my voicemail and uh, there's a voicemail from Bob Allen. And he's like, Jeff, understand you're out sick today. Why don't you swing my office Monday morning?
0: (laughs) Oh, God, you're so fired.
1: I'm so fired, right? And this guy is known for like, you know, it's not great, right? So, (laughs) but I'm like, I think I've got this job. So like, let me, I've got... I've got a resignation. I've, I've written right. a resignation note. Right. And I folded it up and I've gotten it in my pocket. Yeah. Right. As I yeah. go in on my Like I
0: am an art director. God damn it.
1: Yeah. And so uh, I go on to meet with him and I'm prepared for the worst. And this guy is so nice to me. Right. So nice to me. He's like, you know, what's, you know, what's wrong. Da-da-da-da. And, um, so I'm like, well, I I, I decide not to do the Ogilvy thing. I, I stay there. Um, you know, I'm an art director now.
0: So he talks you out of the Ogilvy thing.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know, I they made me feel so like wanted. Yeah. <laughs> and needed.
0: And that's what you I wanted.
1: wanted. That's, I think that's what I wanted more than anything. Yeah. I didn't want the title. Imagine I if you
0: just you said that to like like I don't know like like as a junior I'm just thinking about like juniors listening to this is like that's what they want too right they just want. They don't yeah. really want the promotion. They just want somebody to say, like, you're fucking good. Yeah. Like, I, I really appreciate you. Like, you
1: can do this. Yeah, you're, that's what motivates, yeah.
0: Yeah. Like, what if we did that more often? I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'd ha- we wouldn't have to bring so many people to, to ACD level.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Probably not. I mean, I don't know. Like, I hear different things. I, you know, I, I'm still, like, sort of figuring out how to manage and motivate.
0: Yeah, it's, it's hard because everybody's different, right? Every single person comes from a different place of, uh, and you're, you're serving as a, as a, as a chief creative officer, you're serving them, you're serving the client, you're serving all of the account people, you know, you're, you're really, you're really there for them and it's, it's hard to keep everybody track. So, so this guy kept, keeps you there with some like, and you stay, uh, what did Ogilvy think of that?
1: I think they understood. I mean, we laugh about it still. There's this guy on yeah. left who was the head of um, creator there, creative yeah. at the time, and um, I, it's just like it's a funny moment. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I a TV show. I was like, how is this happening? <laughs> um, so I stay there, but then, but then I'm like, you know, I, I get a little bored of, of the whole Norwalk, Connecticut thing. Yeah, and and um, I end up moving to San Francisco.
2: You just up and move.
1: Uh, They had modem, had a San Francisco office. Oh, okay. They moved moved me out there. Um, And so I I did that. Um, What was that like,
0: moving to a whole other place? I guess you. you I always wanted
1: to get back to the West Coast. Yeah. I I think that I I just have that in my blood. I I need Mm -hmm. to be connected with that ocean. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I go back there. But now that modem is very different than the headquarters. Yeah because um they're one they're smaller too they have just bought another interactive agency it was called vivid or something like that and uh it it was actually bigger than modem so you had this strange like culture clash yeah and it wasn't good it was it was bad i mean we were hemorrhaging people left and right um and I think that at that point I was wanting something more than just interactive too, or at least yeah. like, like digital.
0: Yeah. And at right. that point, I guess we're in 97 or 99 or. At that
1: point, I think we're like 2001.
0: Okay. So, 2001 now. so interactive um, is sort of growing up a little bit also.
1: It's growing up, but like, I'm just like, you know, I'm fascinated by other things. I'm fascinated by yeah. TV and like print and other stuff. And yeah. You know, I, I, like, I, I wanted to be and I wanted to try different things, right? I've always been making bold experiments. This is the next one.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And so I randomly find myself talking to a creative director at Goodby at like some, like, I don't know, industry networking thing. And, uh, Was that the
0: kind of thing that you would do as, as a, would you go to like the one show
1: yeah, drinks I would, I would, and things yeah, like that? Yeah. 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 yeah was a people really person, important right so i was like you know you know i wanted to find ways of learning from other people and stuff and so i end up at this thing you know i was i was just i was blown away by the work it was like another planet right cuz yeah. even at that point remember i have had no formal advertising training right and so i don't know what's been done out there yeah and so i'm i'm looking at this stuff from me and i'm like holy shit like this is great and it's funny yeah
2: cuz i'm funny right and yeah. so
1: I was like, I I need to be at that place. And so I interview there, get the job uh, to start like the interactive department. Yeah, They just hired this interactive creative director. Like I'm like her first hire. And um, who is that? Susanna Delkinis.
2: Mm
1: -hmm. Uh, She came from a design background. And so, um, you know, I'm there for like four years and I mean, it's a great, that was a great like place, learning ground and
0: what was it like um, like starting a like in a place like Goodby, which is so much about you know great storytelling and uh, really genius ways of you know selling to people in like these you know making like you said, making them sort of entertained and then giving them that like, oh, and here's the information. Um, what's it like like, and I remember that time, you know, like there was the general creative. And then there was direct, yeah. and then there yeah. was digital, and we were all yeah. sort of, we were all sort of looking at each other through glass. What was yeah. it like trying to start a new thing in a place where there's probably a bunch of like superstar writers who are like, "Oh, you're one of those digital guys, huh?" Like, yeah, yeah. What's it like?
1: I I think there was still it, it was a little bit of that here. Here's the interactive department. That's the digital. That's Jeff, the digital guy. Um, yeah. You know, maybe I felt it more at the creative director level, you know, from creative directors. Yeah. Much less so from art directors and writers, because I think I've always had a superpower of making what I know really approachable and and pulling people in it and trying to get them excited about it as well. Yeah. And so I think like, you know, early on, it, it wasn't, hey, like, we'll take it from here it was more like, you know, Hey, art director writer team, let's work on this together. Yeah. You know, and figure out how we can take this traditional thing you're working on and making it feel interact. Like what's the interactive part of it. Right. Like, it's not a great idea. How do we make it interactive? Yeah. Um, and, and, and not doing it for them, but doing it with them. Um, That's really so- important. I think that was a little bit, it was a little bit different. It, it would be a philosophy that really even helped me even more at Crispin. And I think is the reason why Crispin was so great.
2: Mm.
1: You know, I, I, I think, you know, going there, I went into it with the attitude that if I'm going to be successful here, it's not going to be because of what I know. It's because it's going to, over time, I'm going to be less valuable for what I know. Because what I know is going to spill over onto everyone else. Right. And ultimately my value is going to be about, Whatever idea I can come up with, not what you know, because I know how to make this. Right. Um,
0: right. So, a lot of people try to keep that. A lot of people yeah. are like, "Well, I'm the digital guy, so don't even." And like, I've never you been know, territorial. I, I've got yeah. A lot of people do that yeah. just as as a as a, a defense mechanism because you don't want to yeah. be like, "Oh, if I give you all of my my learning, then you're not going to need me anymore." But that's not true, right? Yeah, I've never
1: been territorial been probably really friendly. Like maybe that's why, you know, like I've always wanted to have friends.
0: Yeah. Well, you're a people person and I've seen you, I've seen you out. I've seen you, you've come to bowling, I think a, a couple of times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but like it's, it's uh, we don't do bowling anymore though. You know, nobody does. Yeah. Um, but uh, it, it's, in, I think maybe the most important skill in advertising and maybe in business, but I don't know any other business is this, getting along and being yeah. really, truly interested in, in what other people think and how other people do things. Yeah.
1: yeah being interested in that. It, it comes down to relationships, right? Mm-hmm. What's your relationship with a client? What's your relationship with your coworkers? What's your relationship with the account person with your teammate? Uh, you know, it's about relationships yeah. and, and putting the time in to that relationship. Yeah. You know, relationships don't happen. They're not pitches, you know, it's right. not form, it's substance it's, you know, it's frequency over time, right? And it's, it's what, what are the, the little things that you do every day? Yeah. More than just showing up in a grand moment. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's taken me a long time to sort of figure that out. Yeah. Um, but I think that really helped at Goodby. The other thing was Rich was an interactive crave director, you know, he was so interested in Rich Silverstein. Yeah. Now he was a little odd in that, He did not have a computer at the time. Yeah. And he would have his emails printed out. Yeah. (laughs) And given to him every morning. Yeah. So, like, he was in a little bit of denial about, like, the digital part of it. I think actually having your
0: emails printed out every day is a great thing. I think everybody should do
1: that. (laughs) He had boundaries. He, early on, he has boundaries. Uh, and, 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 and great creative directors have those. But, um, he got what interactive meant like is anybody going to care about this you know how is someone going to participate and he was very curious and interested
2: yeah
0: uh,
1: in the whole thing he's i mean he's a nerd in a in a great way
0: yeah i hear that Um, about all of them there uh that whole uh management team is is just a bunch of nerds who are doesn't
1: surprise me that like they are so great still yes you know like when, when you think about every, the, the, the chapters of that place, right? Doesn't surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the, it has always had a, a phenomenal culture. And so like, I, yeah, I mean, I learned so much about advertising there, about concepts, about ideas, um, about, you know, making people laugh is something that's interactive as well. Yeah. You know, we would, we would show work every month, you know, in the lobby of the agency like others. And 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 there we had this thing called the lobby bomb, right? Nobody wanted the lobby bomb. When you show that work, mm. and it's just quiet, because <laughs> that means you weren't interactive. You didn't connect. Right. Yeah. Right. Your yeah. spot didn't connect with anyone. Yeah. Um. And so, uh, you know, that, that was lobby bomb. Important. And then the other one was like a, I, I think a mistake I was making. You know, a lot there. Which is I'd I'd have these ideas that I would approach from technology. And I'd think they were great. And they probably were great. I'd get so excited about them. I'd go tell a creative director about it. I'd be hyperventilating, right? You know, it's like I'm so excited about this thing. I'm explaining this thing. This dude, dude that is looking at me like I've got three heads. Like they have no idea what I'm talking about. They can't connect with it, right? Right. Because it was all tech. There was really no idea there. There was no story there. Right. And and it would take me a while to kind of finally figure out that that technology isn't an idea. Yeah, you know, it, it it's not a replacement for an idea. An idea is something other, something else. Mm. It's something bigger. Mm-hmm. And and it wasn't until then that I really started selling stuff, and I really had breakthrough. Um,
0: what was the first, uh, your first thing that you that you made, and it might not be like a super famous thing, but what was the first thing you made where you were like, wow, I I get it now that I'm super like, I guess, I guess it's level. So were you always proud of the things that you did or was there a point where you were just like, "I"? I when you said, I get it now, what was the thing that made you think I get it now?
1: I think there's always, always been steps yeah. you know, along the way. Like, you know, I'm sure there was an ad at Jorgensen Auditorium where I was like, holy shit, like I did that. I can, I can do this. Yeah. Right. Right. So that was sort of the level that the, the measure of, you know, that I needed to sort of surpass. Yeah. You know, then at modem, it was that moment of seeing the, the, the mom and kid, mm-hmm. right. Playing with a banner, like, Oh my God, it matter. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like right. What do you do? You're not just sort of putting it out there. It like, it, like it matters. Mm-hmm. And I think over there too, I was also like, always interested in, you know, with digital, you could tell what the score was. You know, how many people clicked on this thing? What did they do after? Mm-hmm. And so I've always been interested in the score. Is this thing actually working? Um, and so I think that was sort of a formative moment. You know, at, at, at Goodby, I think it was, holy shit, like, not only can I do this, but I can be a part of ideas that are the very best in the world. Mm. You know, and I think maybe the first stuff was th- where I felt that really was was some work that I did with, uh, you might know him, John Matazic.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, his, his name partner. is spelled
0: weird. He's got, he's got lots of
1: you know letters,
0: what? letters in weird places.
1: I wonder if he looks back on that name and wishes he had called it something else because Every time I try and I know him, I know the agency and I, there are times I cannot find the website, (laughs) you know, because I'm trying to like, I can't. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, but, (laughs) but we worked on uh, this HP campaign event, you know, where you had these banners where you could go in and, you know, you can make a paper airplane or you, there's another one where, it was like an algorithm that you changed and like and no one had seen anything like this before.
0: Yeah. You really is this the, uh, the, the, the Pong banner. Is
1: that um, one of those? Um, it was, it was like that. It was like yeah. that. It was, it was a little bit after that, but, um, super interactive. And so like, yeah, you know, that was an important moment because one, holy shit, like we could do the very best work yeah. in the world. Yeah. Uh, I could be a part of that too. That was a function of collaboration. You know, with a traditional team. Yeah. Like we made it work. That right. that was you know, that that wasn't my idea. That was their idea. Right. You know, we worked on it as a team. Yeah. Uh and I really, I really, you know, now I know how important superpowers are and teams are. You know, I think as an industry we're obsessed, we're obsessed with this like romantic question, whose idea was it? Yeah. And it's got to be one person, right? Mm-hmm. You know, whose idea was, were, were those HP banners? Yeah. Come on, Jeff. Was it yours? It, it, it couldn't have, you know, like,
2: yeah. whose idea
1: was subservient chicken? Whose idea was Whopper, you know, sacrifice, freak yeah. out, whatever. Yeah. Was it Alex? How did it Alex? Yeah. And, and the reality is that in every example of creative genius, it is never a soloist. It's always an ensemble. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's an ensemble of people with like different superpowers. Yeah. You know, um, uh, things like grit, you know, vision thinking, um, system, th- you know, system thinking, right? Like production,
2: mm. you
1: know, like, I think there are three t- kinds of creative directors. There's the, the, the very creative, uh, three kinds of creatives, you know, the very mm. creative account person, very mm-hmm. creative producer, very creative strategist.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And, you know, we're quick to sort of discount some of those as creative, yeah. but yeah. they're all important. They're all important and the really great ideas don't happen if you don't have all three. Yeah, um, that's true. So, and so uh, I, I've been able to crystallize that, that you know, over the years. Like I saw a video once from you know, some consultancy that really talked about the superpower thing and I was like, holy shit, this is it. Yeah. This is why the A team works too. Yeah. Um, so I think that was a big moment at Goodby. Worked there for a while. Um, but then felt like something was happening in the industry where interactive, it, it just sort of come to me in like fancy animation yep. uh, and design. And I just, I wanted more from it. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm looking around and I'm seeing all this work from Crispin, Crispin Portobugoski. And it's yeah. a lot of it's like print ads and things, but there were these inserts, you know, or, or the, the car going around the orange staples. Mm-hmm. And so it was the most traditional of mediums, but it was the most interactive of yeah. work at the time, right? Like they were the most interactive agency in the world, but they were only doing traditional work.
0: Yeah. A lot of it was direct so, response, direct mail. Yeah. To, you know, yeah.
1: So I'm like, holy shit, I got to go join those guys. As much as it pains me to leave, I've got to go join those guys because they think the way I do. And so, you know. Um,
0: so how did you get into Crispin? What was the, the, you know, that was, it was a hot place at the time. It's, yeah. Probably a lot of people had that same thought.
1: So there's a guy, Adam Chasnow,
0: mm-hmm.
1: who, Good I don't man. know him. Good man. Great guy, great guy. He is at Goodby at the time. Uh, and he knows Rob Riley and Laura Bowles. And so uh, I, I don't know how we end up talking about it, but I was like, holy shit, this work is great. Because they,
0: they both worked at, uh, I guess, at Cliff Freeman, right? Together.
1: Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like, well, or no, Rob know.
0: didn't, but he knew all the Cliff Freeman guys and wanted to. Yes, yeah, so he's work. like,
1: yeah, he's like, you know, send me your, give me your portfolio, I'll send it to them. Yeah. And so I do that. And um, I'm not sure if, the, I, I think the portfolio ends up on Alex's desk, but like, you know, they're getting so many portfolios at that. Yeah. Time like, I don't think he ever sees it. And in fact, I know he doesn't ever see it. And so I, th- you know, you know what? Maybe I sent it. It doesn't go anywhere. And then Chaz now talks to Rob and Laura, and alerts them to it. And then they, you know, they surface it, you know, on yeah. his desk. And um, you know, they're like, well, we gotta, we gotta talk to this guy. Like, you know, unbeknownst to me, like they've been looking for an interactive person, you know, to start a little group there for like over a year. At that point, weren't finding anyone. Um, so we go down there and you know everyone had warned me about Alex, the guy's Darth Vader, etc., the <laughs> Antichrist. Uh, a lot of people had worked for him and it didn't work out. You know, I'd hear these stories. I go down, I'm like, oh my God, I, I dig this dude. <laughs> like I, I mean, he's great. Yeah. And so um, you know, God, it just they thought the way I did, um, you know, I come back, I'm like, I gotta do this. That being said, to get over the hump because I've got a good gig. at Yeah, you're a be.
0: You're, you're maybe we're the best agency in the world. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we're doing great work. I love these people. I'm valued, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I was having a hard time sort of, as much as I want to like stand for bold experiments, I was, I was like having a hard time to, to actually execute on that one. Yeah. And, and just go to Miami of all places.
0: Yeah. Where at the time, Miami, and a was lot of people nowhere. are saying, you're
1: throwing your career away. Yeah. As, as silly as that sounds now, people are telling me that. And so um, I get a call from Rob who hasn't been there for very long. And he gives me some tough love. And he's like, what are you doing? Just do this. And so I talked to Rob and I'm like, okay, let's do this. And so I I, I go and, and, and and like not thinking that like, like I thought it was like 50, 50, this could be good. Yeah. Uh, I could, I could very well be throwing everything away. Uh, you know, I thought worst case, I'll just, I'll go back to Goodby or something. Right. Um, and so go there. And I think immediately there, like we, we've got like exponential success because Everybody there was already an interactive creative. Yeah. Like they've been thinking this way. Yeah. You know, Alex has said, this is the philosophy of the agency in whatever we do. Yeah. Um, And so because of that, like, I'm not having to really teach them anything. Um, It's just sort of the way of life of everyone, for everyone there. And
0: now that could have been, uh, I know we're coming up on our hour. I don't know if you have, do you have, do you have to go at 11?
2: You okay? I got, I got,
1: I got some time actually. All right. but, um, I don't know how much time I have. All I right. got to go at, uh, 1130. Okay.
0: Well, let's, let's do a few more minutes. I just want to get through, uh, I don't I, I even def- know
1: what that is. Maybe we could blow through this. This <laughs> is a VTB huddle. Yeah. Um, I'm enjoying reminiscing. You know, it's weird. Yeah, it's fun you to back well, on your career and you learn things. You're remembering. It's like reading a Malcolm Gladwell book. You know all of this. Yeah, You're just reminding of of it. <laughs> you of right. it, you know. So, like, you know, immediately, right, have an impact. You know, mostly because everybody else is doing it. You know, like I, I um, everybody's interested in it. Um, I'm loving the way everyone's working, the work ethic. Uh, you know, strange to me that we would go out at night having like that was a place where if you left before 10 p.m. You're kind of sneaking out. Yeah, no, <laughs> you're, you're, I, I you're freelance the there. You're, you're leaving a jacket on your chair.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> and going out without it, like to yeah. look like you might come back. Yeah. Um, you know, the, but we'll go out and nobody's complaining about this. Right. Like nobody's complaining about the hours that we're working. Where it could be at the time. It's a great place where people are complaining about yeah. nobody is complaining about a thing. Huh. And it's because we are all doing what is so close to our hearts. Yeah, You know, I always, th- my observation when I was like sort of spending time in that computer lab was that the art students were the hardest workers in college. And it was because what they were doing was so close to their hearts. And when you have that, you can pour your heart out into it.
2: Yeah, right? it's just right. being you human pour at your that soul. point, yeah. Like,
1: this, is, this is my dream. This idea that I'm working on, I've always wanted to do this. Yeah. Like, there's nothing I'd rather be doing. Yeah. Like, this doesn't work at that point. And so yeah. it's so easy to like to just want to be there with everyone else and work on these things. One thing, two, there was it was working. Every time we would put something out there, you know, the world would go crazy. Not just yeah. ad press, but all press. Yeah. You know, things are on the Today Show um they're on they're on the late night shows it's what is the, what do you
0: attribute that to is that is that is that a pr thing is there a pr element of that it was is alex and was alex a, a really good at just knowing how to pull those strings or was it because uh, because he's even yeah. said like there's agencies that are doing work just as good as us but they, they can't sell it or they can't like they can't sort of like make it connect with people what, what's the secret sauce
1: Um, so there, I mean, there are a lot of things to unpack there. So I think to sell it, we had great strategists. Yeah. Right. So we always had phenomenal account people and strategy and these briefs gave us permission to one, make those ideas, but they gave the client's permission to buy those ideas. Yeah. You know, they're pre-sold Jeff, Jeff, you're so lucky. You work at Crispin. You've got Burger King as a client. They'll buy anything. You know, it's no, it's not that easy. Like there is a lot of stuff that we were doing, you know, Mm-hmm. There, there's a rigor, there's a process to this. And it started with, um, you know, figuring out, okay, what does the client want? Okay, what's the strategic brief going to be? What's the tension? Mm-hmm. You know, what's going to give us permission to come up with these ideas mm-hmm. and inspire them? Uh, and then what's going to give the client permission to buy them? So all that's happening. Then there's that we are coming up with ideas in the form of something that is a filter for whether or not anyone's going to care which right? is when you well, like
0: <laughs> the press release right
1: it was not always a press release i think you know i think that's something that happened like halfway through okay and that we would call it a press release mm-hmm. but, but, we're, but we're definitely writing it in the form of a press release not i mean may, or maybe everybody else was and i didn't know it <laughs> <laughs> which is also a strong possibility yeah um but we're writing these things in the form of Uh, they had to take the form of someone caring because you're looking at this thing and if you can call bullshit on whether or not anyone's going to really care about this sentence you've written. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that really helped it. And then, yeah, we we did have people who did PR then Mm. uh, who would help um, seed these things out in culture. Like I'm seeding things out there in culture. We would make something and then I'm like going on to these like, you know, blog sort of things at the time. (laughs) <laughs> and saying, hey have you seen this thing and you yeah. have the link yeah. to kind of just like put it out there and you're, you're you're just sort of you're lighting a fire by like creating a bunch of sparks yeah and there's no like department doing that like you as a creative who was responsible for that idea are responsible for figuring out how to blow this thing up in culture mm. that was just as much your job as it was to come up with that idea and then make that idea and they were
0: okay with you guys doing that, the agency and the client and
1: yeah. I don't know if the clients new, Right. Sure. Um, but I don't know. It's just sort of a responsibility. We call yeah. it seeding. Like, are we seeding this? Yeah. When can we start seeding this? It's almost impossible to do now, but you, you do it a little bit. Uh, you could do uh, it in
0: your own in your own uh, yeah. circles. That's what we do with the A List podcast.
1: Yeah. <laughs> it's our whole budget. Yeah. I also think we benefited greatly from, there was not a lot of great work out there at yeah. the time. So this work just felt like it was dropping down from outer space. Yeah. You know, it felt like it was from another planet. I think that um, not just for think- advertising, but culturally people wanted stuff like that. There was, there was a vacuum for the kind of work we were doing. Do you think um, being in
0: a city that where there weren't other agencies to sort of poach and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: Definitely. That's why, that's one of the reasons I came out here to Knoxville. Yeah. Like yeah. I wanted to get back to sort of being tucked into the mountains, you know, <laughs> like are yeah. back in Miami you're in Miami, like you're away from everything. Yeah. It lets You form your own version of what you're doing is, Yeah. you know, there's nobody across the street saying, Oh, BBDO doesn't do that. You know, there's right. nobody from, right. it's not easy to hire someone from Droga who says, that's not how we do it there. Yeah. You know, that's not how it's done. Yeah. Like you get to do it your own way. Um, and so we benefited greatly by that in, in Miami and then in, and then in, uh, Boulder. Um,
0: and you made that move to Boulder with everybody. Yeah, what was that like?
1: Yeah. It was, was that, was that sort me, of like, me, wait a
0: minute, me, we're all moving to Boulder? Really? <laughs>
1: yeah. Let me answer one more thing. Sorry. Back yeah. to the other question though, because yeah. I think there was another really important thing that happened is that whatever we did, we were super confident about it. hmm we knew having made it, we, we came out of it feeling like this is the best work in the world. Why wouldn't anyone talk about this or write about it? Yeah. We were confidently going into that. I think-
0: That was the Beatles' uh, superpower too. They would, they would say, where are we going boys? To the toppermost most, to the popper most. They would just like, yeah. you know, they would just t- talk each other up until they were-
1: When you go into it with, with that attitude, like everybody wants to write about that stuff. Everyone believes it. Yeah. Um, you know, even if it's not true. Um, and then there was some, there are some things we did there that I like, look back on. i like, like, can we, like, that wasn't that great. Um, but, but there was a lot that was, and I think a lot of it came from that confidence and also decisively committing to an idea and giving yourself the runway to pour yourself at it 110% and make it great. I think too often we're wishy-washy about what the idea is. We reluctantly say that's the idea. There's no time and there's no confidence. Yeah. In that idea. And it's a complete train wreck. Yeah. You know, when it, when it goes live, everyone can feel that. Yeah. Um, That confidence and decisiveness is, I think, is a really important thing. And I think there have been a lot of enemies of it. I think over time, I have a theory that agency spy has been an enemy of that confidence and has actually not been helpful for creativity in the U.S.
0: Agency Um, spy? No. I mean, they're, they're just, they're just trolls.
1: You know what but I think it plays with the confidence of creatives.
0: It it and, fucked me up.
1: And, it fucked and, me up. When I went to fine. JWT
0: and it was the article was about Bill Oberlander but I like uh, on the back end of it it was like Bill Oberlander goes to JWT with Tom chrisman from Cliff Freeman and yeah. J, uh, Josh Kramer Purcell and they used to be partners and then and then the comments just oh my god they just poured in and yeah. I just kept looking at him like an idiot. Like, like, what am yeah. I doing? Well, as much
1: as you can't, you, you do. But I think it as a creative, it messes with your confidence and your decisiveness yeah. at an unconscious level. Yes. And, it, and I really think it affected creative output in America for a long time. You think, why only in and America? I think clients clients like, played into that as well. Huh. You put something out there, right? Yeah. Uh, clients would see a post, you know, then all these people making comments about how the thing sucks. They yeah. start to believe the thing sucks. And yeah. all of a sudden someone's taken it down or has lost confidence in it. Yeah. Like, like it's literally happened. I saw yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, and, and if that thing doesn't exist, right. Reality is completely different.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The anonymous posts it, it's evil. It made us less
1: daring as creatives. It's just evil. Um and so I think that, you know, even with that with that agency spy thing existing at Christmas yeah. we we were so confident and Alex made us so confident in yeah. what we were doing that we could rise above all that. Um yeah.
0: Yeah, that that uh and then what how do you leave a place like that where you're there 24 seven, you feel like there's no other, nobody else understands what we did. We're, you know, it's like leaving the Beatles. It's yeah. like, you know.
1: Had been there 10 years. Were you like, worried
0: about like becoming, you know, Paul McCartney and Wings? Were you, <laughs> were, you, were you were you worried about that? Like, uh, it's so scary to to jump out. Now, I
1: gun. probably should have been, but <laughs> but I'm like, no. Um, I, I think the logic at the time was Been here 10 years, right? Like, am I going to stay here my entire career?
2: Mm.
1: You know, am I I a lifer? Uh, Is there some other gear in me that I haven't explored yet? Um, Because if there is, now's the time to do it. Yeah. Like it's now or never, right? Yeah. Um, You know, I I would get a lot of calls. I would say no a lot. And then this one came and I was like, I suppose if they offer the job, you got to just take it, right? Like, I mean, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, like, I probably shouldn't because <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to have fun there. Yeah. Because, like, at every other moment, like, it wasn't a turnaround operation, you know? Right. This was is this adding, the
0: JWT job?
1: Yeah, this is the JWT job. It was about yeah, adding yeah. another engine to something that was already great.
0: I was I was leaving JWT at that point to go freelance. I, I oh, quit yeah, we to go missed freelance. And you came in and then they immediately freelanced me. <laughs> and uh and I was freelancing for you on uh, halls, I think, and I don't know what else.
1: That was great stuff that you did by the way. It was fun. That was one it of was the fun. best halls work that had been done. Uh, um and I think that I think too often like we don't give enough credit i I know how superhuman that effort must have been, having worked there, yeah and understood what you had to work with um you know what what that client's ambition was, which was great, you know mm-hmm. but but navigating one of these big c p g brands is like it it's a science, it's different yeah yeah you know it's not like doing mini you know or Burger King, um understanding that you know account people operated in a different way over there strategy operated in a different way like nothing bad just different yeah and so um
0: and it was different team to team as well i always said like you know uh i wrote an article uh, on medium about like how there are no such thing as big agencies because in a big agency like a jwt you're i was the ecd on the cadbury business right so like that was my thing. I had Cadbury and Bloomberg and that's uh, all I really cared yeah. about. Like those were my clients, the account people. And I talked about those clients every day. I knew those clients really well. It was like, we were a 30 person agency working for those two clients yeah, um, yeah. within, and we didn't really get bothered very much because we didn't have many problems with them. I mean, they eventually were bought by Kraft and then we started to have problems, but Um, it, it was, it's, it's different in every agency. It's, it's a different, like I worked in Jerry Graff's, uh, group at BBDO and that was very different than Susan Cradle's group or Bill Bruce's group. And if you were moved from one group to another, it was like getting fired. It was,
2: it was like, Oh, I'm getting moved
0: to Bill Bruce's group. Oh, you know, what did I do? You know, it was like, it was, you know, not that he had a bad group, but like, it was just like, you felt like you were in it's tribes, right? It's like, yeah. there's tribes inside the agency too. And I think you, you found that at the New York, that the Connecticut agency of modem and the San Francisco agency of modem, they're very different agencies. And, uh, it's hard to, it's hard to make that culture. How are you doing that? You're at Tombris now. I want to talk about Tombris because that's where you are now. Uh, you yeah. worked for Jerry in, in between there, but, uh, w- what are you doing to keep that culture thing alive at Tombrush. you've got you've got agencies in different cities and
1: yeah i mean more so, regional yeah so when i went to jwt i kind of went well we got to change all this right and you sort of go <laughs> that's
0: crazy so, man i remember oh, thinking yeah. that was crazy at the time yeah. <laughs> i was no, like good is, luck with is, that
1: this is all wrong we got to ch- i'm gotta gonna go freelance like, <laughs> like it's not it's not gonna work unless we fucking change this yeah and so
0: uh, they changed it all right <laughs> which,
1: it changed it yeah and it took a look I, I, I love my time there we did some amazing work like i mean winning things like puma nokia global like yeah. think that place ever would but the toll it took uh on the culture on me you know etc it just it didn't have to be that hard yeah you know and so taking that wisdom into tombra's you know, I went in with an attitude that we're not going to change anything. Mm-hmm. You, know, you have a system; it's a perfectly great system. There's a lot of great people here.
0: And Doo- um, Dooley is that his name? Dooley
1: Dooley Tombris, yeah.
0: His, his grandfather generation. started it, right? That's, there
1: is no story like this. I had America. never
0: heard of that, and I was I was researching yeah. to talk to you, and
1: I was like, "What? There's this no story. Guy There's no grandfather Junior doing this. Yeah, there's no Ogilvy Junior Junior out there, right? Yeah." Like this guy's grandfather starts this thing. Then the dad takes over, grows it to about 50 people. Dooley takes over about, you know, five, 10 years ago, makes some big investments in media, data analytics, that kind of stuff. And grows it from 50 to like 350. So explosive. Mm. Um, Huge ambition. In many ways, reminds me of Alex, Mm -hmm. you know, in in strange ways. Like Dooley's into like extreme kayaking down like waterfalls and things like that. Mm You know, Alex was you know doing crazy things on BMX bikes and motorcycles and mm-hmm. uh, surfboards and stuff. And so there, there's a fearlessness and ambition that they both share. Um, you know, maybe what's more interesting for me is that Dooley's not a creative. <laughs> so, you know, it gives me more space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, to do my thing. Yeah. And so um, you know, they my my job wasn't to come here and change the culture. Um, and, and I sort of went in there feeling like to be successful, I'm not going to mess with that. Uh, I'm, but I am going to make the system you have better. Um, and like the other, the other really sort of inspiring moment for me was a few years ago, I, I saw this documentary of Rick Rubin working with Johnny Cash.
2: Mm. It's
1: a great documentary it's short and, you know, Rick calls the up, American
0: recordings. Uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know,
1: RCA drops Johnny. Um, You know, he, he made RCA And so Rick calls him out He's like, dude, I want to work with you And Johnny's like, well, why, why do you want to work with me? Nobody wants to work with me He's like, I want to work with you And he's like, well, what would you do with me that nobody else has done? And and Rick's like Well, what do you want to do? And, and Johnny's like Well, I've always just, you know wanted a, It's just me, my microphone, guitar And that's it No backup band, you know, etc like, and, and without missing a beat, Rick's like Well, that's what I want to do and so they hold them up, you know, they'll hold themselves up in his apartment and they, they work on this, right. American recordings are born. What I learned from that is that you don't have to have, it's not about you. That's your ego, right? It's not about what you want to do. What does the team want to do? And how do they want to do that? Hmm. And then let's figure out together the best way to do that. Um, and, 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 you know, watching that documentary, it's changed my approach for management, motivation. What hmm. are the ideas we're going to move forward with? Hmm. You know, sometimes I'm going to have an idea and I, I really think we should do it. But most of the time it's going to be, well, what does the team want to do? Yeah. And why do they want to do it? Yeah. Um, and let's figure out the best parts of that um, and, and and build from there. And so that that's, you know, a lot of how I... I sort of have thought about this role uh, in working at Tombras, and it's it's been fun. Yeah, so fun. I've learned they've learned. It's been great
0: taking the raw talent of all those people and then just using your experience and you know you've been there and you've done things and yeah. you can help them sort of see the the traps and the pitfalls and and get things done yeah better and faster.
1: Um, and so, also leaning into their naive genius. Yeah. You know? Like, I remember at one point when I was thinking about doing it, I was talking to Dooley. and I was like, I just don't know. I was like, you don't like there are things you're not, you're not doing. And I just don't understand. And Dooley's like, well, look, Jeff, we don't know. What we don't know. And there are good things to that and bad things to that. There's a lot of good to that. Yeah. You know, it, it means that we are going to do things in a completely different way. Yeah. In 2020. Right. Like we're not going to be using ways of doing things that were born in the 70s. Um, we get to do it the way you're doing it or we get to invent a new way. Yeah. Um, and that's been exciting for everyone there. It's been exciting for the people bringing, we've been bringing in. Yeah. It's been exciting for the client. The clients love this, you know, like we haven't been defined yet. You know, you could go to a widen, you could go to a, an anomaly or a crispin. Those are all great places, but they've been defined, mm. you know, Wyden's always going to be Nike and they're going to be defined by the great work that they've done. Mm. Burger King, you know, Burger King and many they've defined Crispin. Mm. Crispin is probably never going to do better work than that. You know, yeah. sorry if you work there right now, but it's <laughs> you're probably never going to do better work than that. Our legacy hasn't been defined yet. Yeah. And I think there's something so exciting to this idea that anyone there, anyone coming there has a chance to do that work that will define the agency. Mm. Any client has that opportunity and we have no choice but to be doing the great work because we haven't been defined yet.
0: Yeah. Uh, and are people moving to Knoxville? Are people, uh, you got people moving to Knoxville? What's it like in Knoxville?
1: Um, it reminds me a little bit of Boulder. You know, I think that it's happened in a little nature. bit of different, yeah, nature. There's a lot of, I've never hiked as much <laughs> uh, than I have here.
0: Uh, you look healthy
1: yeah getting in touch with the insects and things Mm -hmm. people are into it you know i don't know if it's happening more so now because of covid you know what we've been going through like i didn't know it at the time but this has been a phenomenal place to quarantine (laughs) yeah yeah you know like you've got space um you know you can have a life you can go outside you can hike you can do things the food is great um there's a little bit of an entrepreneurial a lot of an entrepreneurial spirit two years ago Knoxville, Tennessee looked completely different. And it's changed because you've got entrepreneurs who are leaving big cities, leaving coasts, wanting to go inward to different places, have a quality of life, Mm -hmm. uh, be part of creating something new. You know, in Knoxville, we're close to this place, Blackberry Farm, which is this, it's like this, I don't know what it is, like a hotel resort sort of thing. Mm that's known for its food, wine, et cetera. So you've got a lot of chefs that have moved from, they've left oh, there wow. to start restaurants here. That's great. Yeah. Like Austin. Sounds like Austin. Yeah. You've got yeah. this entrepreneurialism that exists in food, music, business, marketing, you know, HGTV is out here and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's an aspect of entertainment, architecture, and it's all happening now.
2: Yeah.
1: And so, and then you've got the university, right? University of Tennessee. Yeah. And so it's a it's a it's a pretty cool place because I like being in the middle of the experiment, you know, not at the beginning and not at the end. I like being in the middle of it Mm -hmm. messiness of it all. And 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 that's where Knoxville is. And, you know, there's so many people on the planet we've been able to convince enough of them to come to Knoxville.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, that's great.
1: You know, we've made like a lot of high, we haven't announced any of them, but like, it's exciting. Like, I mean, and, and these are great people. Like that's great. Don't relish this story, but it is kind of fun when you hear stories that, you know, the person's resigned and people at the places are crying oh, that these people yeah. are leaving. And like, that's yeah. what, you know, well, fuck, like, these people are good and they want to be a part of this to help. Yeah. Build.
0: That's great.
1: to Find this legacy with all of us. That's awesome. Um,
0: How can people reach you and get in touch and where should they go to check out stuff?
1: I mean, I'm on LinkedIn. you okay. know that place. Jeff Benjamin. Um, on Instagram, I'm wacky packy. Um, W-A-C-K-Y-P-A-K-I. Um, I'm on Facebook. And then you could definitely email me, jbenjamin at tombris.com. Nice. Um, it's exciting. It's an exciting moment.
0: Yeah. I can't um, wait to see what you guys do.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Neither can I. No, I mean, we, <laughs> we so I, you know what it is? We started doing stuff.
2: Yeah. That's you know, great.
1: That roommate thing was awesome. Yeah. You know, was I like, thing. I like that. Yeah.
0: Moon pie, Moonmate.
1: Yeah, yeah. Thinking about an Alexa app, a virtual roommate to keep you company. Yeah. The pandemic uh, Zaxby's, you know, I think that, what I've learned there from, from from JWT is that you can't change things with one big, I, it just doesn't happen. You've got to ease your way into it. Yeah. And so these guys have started doing great work yeah. in, in small ways. And we've been building and building. Yeah. Right now where I'm really excited about something that's going to come out soon. That's great. Um, and so it was definitely a roll the dice type thing. Um, I, I think I was confident just because you know, I have a big belief in the team, yeah here yeah uh, i I like I don't know there was something about when I met everyone that I was like, this team can do it, and so it is rolling the dice, but confidently rolling the dice, yeah uh now, seeing that it can happen, that's pretty exciting,
0: yeah, and you're working with uh one of my favorite planners Nigel carr who's oh, uh who's there that guy. Yeah. Is- He's crazy. A character
1: and a genius. Uh, yeah. I don't
0: know, Jeff. Uh, um, yeah, we were together at Kirschenbaum.
1: He's a little bit like me in that I got frustrated at first. He's not the kind of planner where he's going to sit in front of a computer and figure it out.
2: Yeah.
0: And
1: come to you on a piece of paper, I'll figure it out. He needs the conversation.
0: Yeah. He's I a, he's a creative.
1: Com- As a creative, I need the conversation. Yeah. I put myself, I don't know how you freelance and stuff. I've put my, I've tried these situations. Like I went, I went client side for a little while at this company, Barkbox, and I really struggled with the thought of I'm going to sit there in front of a computer and come up with all the ideas. It just doesn't happen for me that way. I need a yeah. conversation. Yeah. The idea might not be floating around, but I, I literally need the momentum of a conversation.
0: The best planners, that's that's what they do. I think. I think they exactly. they come yeah. to your desk and they and this is how Kirschenbaum was back in, you know, I guess it was '97 when I was working with him there and it was, it was the kind of place where he and Patrick O'Hara and some of the other planners would, they'd come to your desk and they'd just poke at you and they'd be like, you got it yet? What do you got? What do you got? Yeah. I had a thought. What about this? And you're just like, that sucks. And then, yeah. and then you just have it like, no, this is what clients want. They, this is what the people want. And, then, and you just have a, you, you really, you really work it out with each other. Yeah. And, and uh, in the end, it's better for the argument uh, yeah. and it's never, it's never a mean thing, but it's, it's definitely like, that's how you, you get to the ideas is you, yeah. you, you are, and it goes back to your debate days, I guess, yeah. of, of, uh, that's, that's how you think.
1: And you had to have that. You have to have people who are open. I struggled with New York creatives because I felt for the most part, they were closed. You know, they, they could only yeah. see their idea. Yep. And a lot of times their initial idea, they couldn't get past it, <laughs> that's they're stubborn right. about it. And I think where I've been at my best, I've been surrounded by people who are open. Yeah. And so I have on this team, every one of those employees is open. And I think that's why you can have those really fun collaborative conversations that lead to genius. Yeah. Um, and Nigel that is that way, especially. And, but, and at the same time, and I, I have Rob to sort of thank for this metaphor or this maybe, maybe this goal. I think he did it in sort of a, I think he was making fun of me (laughs) at at Crispin when he was looking at the department. I would hired someone new and he was like, Jeff, what are you doing? It's like you're hiring the bar from Star Wars. (laughs) And at that point, I was like, oh my God, that is exactly what I'm doing. And it is great. That is what we need to be doing. (laughs) And so I I know I am onto something here, Thomas, because it looks like the bar from Star Wars. You've got like me, you know, Dooley, Um, Far from Star Wars, it's great. That's great.
0: I can't wait to uh, come on in and see Greedo get murdered by Han Solo right in front of all of us. Solo shot first. Um, Good to talk to you, man. Yeah, I know you have an eleven thirty.
1: Thanks a lot for this conversation.
0: Uh, I'm probably I've probably got fourteen different people looking for me, but, uh, yeah, this is awesome. I can't wait. Uh, uh, now I'm going to, uh, thank you. Thank you, Jeff Benjamin.
1: Thank you for doing this. I mean, not just this conversation, but having, having this program.
0: Yeah. Now I need, now I need sponsors so I can just do this and not have to, not have to beg for freelance and, 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 and shuck and jive all over the place.
1: I think the way to do it. So I, I, I've thought about doing a podcast. Yeah. Uh, and I, I haven't gotten around to it. There, I've I've got different concepts. The advice I got was that industry podcasts are lo- the lowest performing <laughs> podcasts. Yeah. So my advice to you is to figure out how to make these conversations resonate with anyone because they uh, can. Got you it. Know? Um, you know, uh, any anyone can benefit from understanding. Uh, you know the role of grit. You know, with Rob Riley. Uh,
2: oh, there they the, are.
1: The 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 role of, um, interactivity. You know, yeah. mattering ideas that matter. Yeah. Uh, with this conversation. So, yeah. yeah. All right, man. Thanks, man. Have a good yeah. one. Bye, bye.
0: Jeff Benjamin, everybody. This has been the A List Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Chrisman. You can find me at TomChrisman.net. Thanks for listening. Hey, and uh, please subscribe to our show wherever you listen. And if you could leave a review, it would really help us reach more ad nerds. Um, The music you're hearing is from uh, Ross Hopman over at duotoneaudio.com. Check them out. Get them to do some music for you. And I will see you as soon as I finish another one of these, which I'm trying to do more often. All right. Thanks, everybody.